Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Heart to Heart Pod, a safe space to have honest and vulnerable conversations to connect and heal our hearts. Uh, today, we're featuring our Korea Talk series where we talk about our time um, teaching in Korea and the EPIC program. Uh, and I'm just really excited because it's kind of been a while, hasn't it, Tina? <laughs> it has been. It's, so, this is part two of our teaching experience. And when I looked back at our last episode, I can't believe we did it eight months ago. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah, it's been that long. Yeah, that's that's insane. Well, you know, I know things have been have been busy probably on both of our ends. Uh, yeah. For me, I'm I had to get through my um, I got a new job and I've been oh, adjusting yeah. to that. Yeah, I started in Congrats. March. Yeah, thanks. It's in the same <laughs> same university, but like kind of working directly with um with exchange students. So it's a very cool oh, that's, opportunity. That's a great experience. Yeah, and I guess like on my end, I've just been really busy with with life things as well. Um, but I'm really glad that we are back on this. So yes. welcome back everyone to Korea Talk. And um, actually Wes, so I checked my YouTube channel because we have this video series along with our you know, podcast, nice. for, which most of our listeners tune in into. Uh, but then there was actually a comment from a listener, anonymous listener, okay? And this person oh. asked, yeah, this person requested, oh, talk about private lessons for your next episode. But then I'm thinking, I don't think either of us have experience with that. Right? And, for, and for very good reason. Yes. Right? <laughs> on, our, on our visa, it's a, I believe it's E2 visa. Uh, we are not allowed to tutor. Um, if you tutor privately and get caught um, under this visa, anyone mm -hmm. with an E2 visa would be deported. So... I don't think making a little bit of money on the side is worth risking my um, access to teaching in Korea and living there. Oh, yeah. So, I, actually, I actually didn't know about this visa. I, I just knew that Epic said that we weren't allowed to. Like, I believe it was one of the policies, but I didn't know about the visa. Or maybe I don't remember. Yeah, it's a policy related to the visa, so it's um, not. Yeah, don't do it. Don't, don't, don't do it. Just don't <laughs> do know. it. It's, uh, it's not worth it, honestly. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I just give it a hard no. Don't do oh, it. Okay. All right. Don't do it, guys. Okay. <laughs> All right. So I guess, like, let's jump right into our topics. So we have many things to cover today. And the first part is about summer and winter camps, which we have. We both had experience with our schools. Um, and so, like, Wes, like, how was your experience? Can you explain to our listeners what's all this about? Oh, my gosh. So <laughs> to give it context, summer and winter camps are for uh, it's like a public school's offering of a free camp for students um which is a great opportunity because um in a public school setting not all the students can afford to go to a fancy private um, camp so this is a great way for them to get extra experience and um and learning without it costing any any additional money so that's a good thing about it um you know the challenging thing about it is the amount of um, unique lessons required to pull these off. So I, I looked at some numbers here and I, you know, I typically did four unique lessons per week, um, one for the seventh graders and then three for the ninth graders. But during the camp, we um, there are four hours of camps with four unique lessons a day, which means 
20 unique lessons per week for two weeks. So Wow. camps go two weeks long. So that's 40 lessons for each camp, which is like 10 weeks of work, right? Within, <laughs> wow. within two weeks. So You it, must have been so busy. is it, yeah, it's extremely busy. I was preparing for my camps pretty much the whole semester because again, it's 40 lessons. So each lesson takes, you know, an hour or two to make. Like, again, that's, you really, I can't imagine someone trying to do a camp last minute with the amount of work required if, if that, if that's their structure. Um, how about for you, Tina, what was your initial feelings and what was your camp like? Um, so from what I recall, so I did camps both summer and winter camps for third and fourth grade students. Um, the fifth and sixth didn't have camp. So they, it was nice for them. I guess that they didn't have to attend camp. Um, and it was two weeks for each one. So summer and winter camp was also two weeks. We had students sign up for them. So about 20 students per class. And I recall it was a lot of work for me, myself as well, um, just because I had to be the one, the only one teaching the class. And my, I didn't have my co-teacher like I normally would for these classes. And um, yeah, so there was a lot of work where I had to come up with the topic or the theme of the camp and create the, the workbook as well as plan and teach the entire lesson myself. And I remember spending a lot of time Um, even after school, creating arts and crafts for the camp. Was that like something that, like, how was it for your, for your camps too? Oh, you had a lot of work as well. Yeah, Yeah. <laughs> there, there was definitely Different, a, but a, there was definitely a theme. similar. Yeah. Mm Um, -hmm. yeah, there was a theme, and then it was divided into a fun camp, quote unquote, Oh. Uh-huh. and a study camp. So Oh. <laughs> one, so like for example, my first fun camp was related to kind of sci-fi, robotic stuff, and then the um, the uh, academic camp was related to. Uh, theater like or story writing that kind of thing what yeah so so they wrote their own stories the content was interesting um but yeah I, I had an easier time with the study camp um i'm just not an artist so like the the fun side of it it was harder to get the theme and the design um since it wasn't my strength but um it was still very enjoyable it was just the sheer amount of unique lessons required uh it being 40 per camp That's 80 lessons in a year, right? If the, if the way that structure is. So 80 lessons for just a month of work is, is a ton. Um, now, yeah. So I think the workload was was really challenging. I actually had my co-teacher do it with me. So I was lucky Mm -hmm. in, in that she was there. And she really loved the camps. I mean, even though our principal cut the budget for the camp to where there wasn't any snack money for the students, um, she went out and used her own money to buy um, snacks for the students a Oh, couple that's of days. nice. Yeah, she was, she was Yeah. awesome. So because she cared so much about the camps, I felt so much pressure to um, design very relevant lessons. Um, and we also, I feel like we got correspondence from our, our DMOE to put some effort into these camps, or at least from my end, I was, we were, I was kind of told like, Hey
you know, mediocre experiences, you know, so that's just not a good look. So because of that, um, it was kind of ironic, though, because the, even though the, the DMOE was all about these camps, our budget got cut by Yeah. our principal. So there's a little bit of a disconnect there, right? Um, so, and again, this, yeah, I'm almost, I'm like 99% sure the principal cut our budget there. So I'm confident in that one. Um, but yeah, it was, it was tough because there was no money really to do these camps. So I had to use existing resources. Uh, but yeah, we got it done in the end, but I will say that, oh, if someone were not working on these camps throughout the semester, they're going to be spending some all nighters trying to get it ready because it's just, yeah, it's just, there's so much to do for sure. I didn't even have to do a workbook like you did. That's how, what was that Oh, like? yeah, because, um, yeah, I was kind of curious because, oh, you didn't have to do a workbook, and then, but then did you have the the freedom to create the lesson plans all yourself, right? Like, the co-teacher just talk Oh, with you? yeah, I had complete freedom to design these lessons, Okay. um, uh, you know, Okay. as long as they followed the theme and there was vocab and, you know, target phrases with grammar um, and there was fun activities, um, there was complete freedom. So, yeah, some lessons were, were simpler than others, uh, for sure. Uh, fortunately, on the last day, I, I did get permit, special permission to have like a movie related to our theme. So that's like the culmination of the camp. So Okay. it was kind of like a reward for them working so hard. And we had some snacks. And so we got like, um, that was just for the fun camp, not for the, the study camp. Um, yeah, not necessarily for that one. But, but, Yeah. uh, but yeah, it was, um, it was just lesson planning. Um, yeah, I just worked on it constantly. Um, and then the desk warming time. We had uh, the first one in winter. I got to uh, spend some time on my camp then. So that made uh, my experience easier because I used that time to prepare for the camp in the in the spring. So um, in the summer, I mean. Oh, wait, wait. Well, hold on. What was the timeline? Mm -hmm. Wait. We, we started in the spring. So that our first camp was the summer camp. Yes. So I used the summer camp desk warming time to prepare for the winter camp. So that made it a lot easier. Um, but it was, it was a lot of, it was a lot of work with just overall materials, lesson planning, that sort of thing. Thankfully, I didn't have to do a workbook as well. It sounds, that sounds intense. So Oh. <laughs> it was how, fun, how actually. was that though? Oh, it was? Um, But yeah, what, what I did mean... it entail, the workbook? I guess, like, well, I did have a lot of freedom in terms of my lesson plans and the activities for the camps. But then um, the topic, I think I wanted something more fun. Like, I wanted, I don't even know, I just like something different, you know. But then my co-teacher was saying how, oh, because they're third and fourth graders, their English is they're so, like, they're so young and their English proficiency level is, would be lower. Um, so then she said, go with something more simple, right? So I'm like, okay, like, what's simple? And then um, <laughs> in the end, I went with third grade was zoo animals and fourth grade was under the sea theme. Okay, that's Yeah, which is, that's I guess, that's fun. makes sense. Yeah, And it's they're fun both they're too. both animals. It's what some are <laughs> confined yeah. <laughs> and others But I guess are it's, in the it's, sea. it's tough because, of course, in the class, it's very mixed with, like, some lower level and high level students. And it made sense. I think this Right. was those better to go with simple. Um, and then, so I just basically had to come up with all the activities and all of that and 
um, like research online for worksheets or just kind of create my own or mostly I just you know it's it's simple to just kind of go online to look for these um, exercises that the students can do and then I just basically had to print them and I made yeah like 20 workbooks and then like actually like made them bind them together and everything so I'm really proud of it I do have like one or two copies in my house somewhere that's awesome saving it as like memory but also like oh maybe I can like give this to like my nephew <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, I think about like, oh I'm gonna teach my nephew <laughs> these vocabulary you know um but basically from the camps it was because of course the younger grades it wasn't I think I think it was as serious or as intense as yours was mm-hmm. or yeah because from for me it was more I was more about fun of course educational but like having fun for the kids right. and so for the kids so there was a lot of songs games um there was movie with snacks there you go <laughs> uh, yes we had a lot of activities where it was more engaging with like visuals role play um storybooks and other crafts and um i recall like one uh, memorable activity that we did was which was a lot of fun because basically I chose a song for each um, for the camp and and with the song there is like one like one line lyric so I printed the sheet of paper with one line of the lyric of the song with a box where there is a blank box for them to draw the out draw out the lyric from that song so then um, I had each student do like about two or three of them and basically from compile the whole song together so like uh, after they give me the sheets of paper when they're done I like basically scanned it took a picture of it and then I edited it into a video and combined you know like had to sync it along with the music and made a video out of it so that afterwards we got to watch the video and everyone got to see like the art that they drew and also their classmates so that was like a lot of fun (laughs) yeah yeah that's super creative and yeah I think it was a lot more work for me (laughs) (laughs) yeah but it was fun like I I was yeah I think it was just like I like this kind of creative stuff and then um I think it it was only thing that was toughest because again I was teaching on my own and it was like the classroom management you know they got too excited out of hand when they got bored then I'm just like okay you gotta like switch things up or like you know deal everything on my own you didn't have a co-teacher with you to work on the classroom management? No. <laughs> wow, that's, that's something. Yeah. But, I like, yeah. I think, yeah. Maybe even my co-teacher, like, I wonder if she just wanted to be there because she enjoyed the camp so much. Oh, really? Like, I don't know. That's my theory. She, but, but she wasn't teaching. She was just there? Oh, uh, like, she was with classroom management and stuff, oh, but okay. I, I did all the lesson planning and material right. prep, and she ordered some stuff for me but uh but overall yeah i think she just loves camp so <laughs> so but, but yeah I, I i do i do wonder since yours wasn't there this is a public school district yeah. so i assume this and i was just little kids <laughs> the policies are the same so i i you know hearing that from you is just really interesting but um, i mean i guess it was fine because i do it wasn't so bad like I'm happy that the kids that I have were really well behaved. That's good. Yeah. Yeah, mine were. Yeah, I 
I think I didn't really have any classroom management stuff to do because the size of the camps were around were relatively small for me. There were only like 15 students or so between, I think it was like 15 to 20 per, which is like, I was used to having classes of 30, 35. So dealing with smaller classes are always way easier to manage. So I, and, and also the students that went to my camps, probably half of them were ones that I got along with really well. And they wanted to go to the camp because I was teaching the camp, you know, Oh, that's like that nice. was, so like I had my quote unquote good kids in the camps. So it made it easier for me. Um, yeah, there was, cause there was like, there was a couple of ninth grade girls and I felt like they had no real in interest or business being in the camps, but there they were, you know, cause they, I feel you know, like they had they got along to, right? well. The parents are probably <laughs> like, you gotta sign up uh, for this. some were like that. Others were just like, Oh, I kind of like having an international teacher. Oh. Uh, what's the teacher is pretty cool. So I'm going to go to, yeah, and that's what happens. So, um, so I had, yeah, a variety of, of those where they were either told to go or they, they got along well. They liked my classes. They wanted to do more, um, which was cool. Uh
Um, and then after um, after the camps is like the desk warming time where we just kind of wait for the semester to start or we use our vacation or what, right. whatnot. And for food, the cafeteria was closed during the summer. So it was um, the food. It was pretty crazy food wise. They just asked me what I wanted and they would order something from like a Korean restaurant most of the time. Like I sometimes I would they didn't. I'd have to go to like the local a local restaurant. But by and large, I, they didn't charge me. I was just getting like till the food delivered. So I love the summer for for food wise. It was just like. Well, free lunches like from our local diner. Uh, can't beat that. Yeah. I love, love Korean food. True, what true. about for was your cafeteria open during the camps, or did you have to go somewhere and get food or bring your food? <laughs> um, I I don't remember. <laughs> oh, you forgot? Oh no, it's it been so open. long. <laughs> yeah, it's been so long. Honestly, like I'm like looking back at six years. Six uh, years so I guess that was not. Yes, we, yeah. we, we remember different things. So yeah, like, remember yeah, we'll combine, you'll get a good picture if you combine our knowledge, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, yeah, how about, uh, did you have to do an open class before? So, yeah, I mean, with open class, they talked about it, I think, at our pre-orientation and during orientation. And even we had a training about it, mm-hmm. I believe, a little bit um, when we all came together as teachers. But... Yeah, open class was a joke for me. No one showed up. No parents. I no prepared. Parents. Yeah, I prepared probably, you know, if I would spend an average of an hour, an hour and a half per lesson, give or take. I spent like three, four hours on these on these open oh. class lessons, at least. And no one, mm-hmm. none of the parents came. <laughs> the students were like, oh, Wesley teacher, you're all dressed up nicely. And I was like, oh, yeah, sure. What were you wearing? A suit? <laughs> I, I was more like... That was at least business casual, uh, with new, diff- you know, nicer shoes and everything. Um, but yeah, it was no, no, nobody came. So yeah, I was like, man, that is a bummer. Um, I'm trying to remember. Was it uh, open class for only uh, only one or two classes for me? I think it was. For yeah, me, for me, yeah. it was just one. It was oh. my. It was a really, or it might have been two, one or two. It was yeah, with, one or two. Was it my like my classes that were more advanced? I believe my advanced girls class mm-hmm. um, was one of them, ninth graders, and I was like, I'm glad they picked that one because that's yeah one of my best classes. And, yeah, I'm sure they did that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But then yeah, the parents didn't come, so yeah, it was, it was kind of sad. Honestly, I, was... I was sad about it. I, don't know. Oh, I you was. I was, you I, was hard very, I was very disappointed. Yeah, I was. Did like, you have to practice? Did you practice like about? Oh yeah. I, oh, I practiced. I was like ready to go, and then like nobody came, and I was like, yeah. I remember that being a really bitter uh, moment in my experience, uh-huh. uh, for sure. Yeah, I don't know if that was handled well. To be honest, they should have probably steered a few parents in there, but yeah. but yeah. But well, the, think, at least the students got yeah. a good lesson that day. So I mean, that's there good. Was that. <laughs> that's good. Yeah. But wow, how about for because, you? How's your open oh, class? Yeah, um, I definitely, well, I, I did have parents show up. Um, so again, for this open class, uh, basically it was only for the younger grades. So I I believe it was like for third grade. Basically, um, it was with my main co-teacher that we were co-teaching. And I think when we decided to do open class, they didn't want the older grades for this open class. So 
Um, and I guess, I don't know, like, um, yeah, like, you know, when this whole, like, open class experience concept, when I knew about it, I'm like, oh, man, like, this is kind of nerve-wracking to have the, stu- uh, the parents show up and observe the class while we're teaching. But I think it's, like, not so much about, well, I mean, it could be, like, seeing how we teach as teachers, but I think it's more about seeing the students and how, like, seeing their daughter or son and how they are doing in class, are they participating, like, how how well are they doing in class? I think that's, like, mostly why the parents are there. And I did have a number of parents show up and stand in the back of the classroom observing. And um, I guess it, it was okay. Like, my co-teacher, like, we practiced with the class few times and um it was fine because I I guess especially since with co with co-teaching with the younger grades a lot of times my main co-teacher she's the one who does more I'm more of helping out on the side and with especially with younger younger kids it's more like oh uh, I'll say something like a phrase vocabulary and then have them repeat after me or um sometimes the games I would do the games um, and yeah, coordinate the games and leave that. Uh, but a lot of times it would be, especially for that open class, I'm pretty sure it was my, mainly my co-teacher teaching in class, right? So it wasn't like too much pressure on me. And um, yeah, and I think, of course, or the kids were extra well-behaved that day. Yeah. That makes sense, you know, they didn't want to get in trouble. <laughs> yeah. That's cool. Oh man, you got to assist a little bit in your class. Yeah, that's that's nice. I mean, yeah, I, I, I they assisted me with discipline, which was great. But otherwise, mm-hmm. I, I did I did prepare all the all the lessons and, and all that. So yeah. it took quite a bit of time. And also, I I thought I was gonna be more of an assistant, and I didn't really even know uh, for sure what which grades I'd be teaching until we did our orientation at the very end. You know, <laughs> I didn't tell mm-hmm. us. So it was kind of like hard to know what to prepare for even during the, the training. But, uh, yeah. but yeah, the, yeah, I'm glad some showed up to yours. At least your efforts, <laughs> your efforts weren't in vain. Yeah. It, it was a good experience, I guess. It's good. Yeah, yeah. I never, I don't know. I, I kind of wanted to meet the parents, honestly, but I never mm-hmm. got to meet any. Uh, oh. Yeah. But their their teachers were around, so the, you know. There, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's see. On here, you have some things oh. outside of teaching, or um, yeah, because I was actually curious about you know we talked about in our last episode, and even a little bit on this episode about lesson planning and what we have done. But I'm curious, aside from like lesson planning and teaching the classrooms and and summer camps, what other uh, maybe tasks or projects did you have to do with uh, Epic? Yeah, I mean, there were so many activities that were going on, and thankfully, they mostly let me observe. Um, the sports day, uh, which is a once-a-year kind of sports and dancing event that goes on um, where the different classes compete against each other. Um, I just got to watch that. I didn't have to train a team or anything, thankfully. Uh, and then there was uh, there's different field trips that I would go with, but I didn't have to actually coordinate or or plan anything. I just got to come along for the ride, so that was that was great. That's fun. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. Debate. They kind of saw if I could help judge a couple of debates, but I didn't have to lead a debate team. Um, um, 
they had a festival one day. I just got to participate. So overall, I didn't. There weren't a whole lot of extra things. Um, I was recruited for the teacher basketball team. So that was like once a week we would play the the middle school basketball team, and it was um, I played with the, the gym teachers, and they knew what they were doing. So I mostly just was there and supported the the teacher team, but they kept score, and it was quite. Whoa. It was very. It was taken. It was very serious. Honestly, it was taken seriously. <laughs> I feel like um, they could get. Yeah, I didn't have to practice though. So I mean, on, on that end, I just got to show up and play. So it's super serious. But yeah, I had to, I serious, did, but like still like fun, right? Like it was just yeah, yeah, it was yeah. fun. Um, I think the students were the ones that had to. It was more of a scrimmage to get, so the students could get better. But uh, but yeah, um, they kept score and and the students all watched. I mean, there was probably a good fifty students plus watching our game. So it was. It was a it was a good little crowd. So whenever I hit a couple shots, it was kind of it was kind of fun, taking me back to my middle school days. <laughs> oh, yeah. So yeah, so it was fun. I think um, yeah, being on the the teacher sports team was enjoyable. And then I also had to supervise the English room during lunch period, uh, like after the, for like an hour or so, because like we we ate relatively quickly, and then we had like a whole hour of free time mm-hmm. to plan our lessons or whatever. And then I think couple times a week I had to go to the English room and and um, supervise and students would um, you know they'd ask questions or they would work on their English homework in that classroom and I got to know a few of them pretty well it was kind of a fun experience just getting to know kids that were more interested in uh, in learning English and studying a, you know maybe working abroad someday or whatever mm-hmm. uh, but yeah but beyond those duties uh, I didn't I mostly got to focus more on my lesson planning and um, and stuff like that how how about you? Did you have a lot of uh, other days as assigned in your in your role? Um, I don't not as much as you did actually. Like hearing from your experiences, it sounds like you really got to like bond with the teachers and the students, which was great. Um, for me, like I did have well, there was one, a judging competition, or one time I did have to judge a singing and storytelling contest, which was like fun. Um, just to yeah be you know <laughs> be a judge and um, there was also a talent show that students had I don't know if your school had it as well yeah yeah there was a oh, yeah. massive yeah massive yeah. it was big like it was apparently it's like every few years too it's not like every year that they have this talent show and um, I was super impressed because I remember the students, like every class, like really preparing for it, spending hours practicing, um, doing like singing or dancing. And then one class that did um, like sign language, they learned sign language for an entire song or something. And it was just like, it, they took it really seriously. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I, in my class, I had several of my English classes canceled to prepare for the talent show like oh yeah, yeah. I mean, that happened too i remember yeah, yeah i mean i mean like probably between three to five classes yeah depending on the time of the day yeah mm-hmm. it was it was crazy yeah but um and then there was this one festival english festival which um is actually one of my most memorable experiences in korea and my teaching with the students as well um basically it's the english festival live broadcast and for some reason i was assigned to to share something about to share like my they wanted me to share about my culture and like 
life in Canada. Like, you know, share, share that, right? And um, basically, I was supposed to, it was supposed to be a live broadcast. I was supposed to, like, talk about it about Canada and you know share that but instead I did something different <laughs> because I didn't want to be doing it live and I don't know like just talking live to all the students and the, and the staff uh, I wanted to be more creative so I thought about doing a video <laughs> and, oh um, that's right oh no <laughs> yeah because um in a previous episode I mentioned about this Passport to Canada video, but I never told the story. So here oh, I am. I will tell the story. And okay. Wes was actually a big part of uh, this project. Yeah, to say <laughs> to say the least. To say the least, I was a big part. <laughs> in, in voluntary, um, he was the senior camera operator. That's right. <laughs> oh my gosh. How it happened. But basically, I had this idea where I so basically I wanted to share cross-cultural experiences by creating this video and teach students about the Canadian culture and um, I decided to I basically wrote up a script and um, in that script it was just like a story behind it and I actually did reach out to some friends back home um, my family and friends back home to be a part of this video so I gave them like one or two lines and I'm like hey can you go and shoot uh, a, a video send it back to me and I can like um, edit this video and um, some lines were like you know I told them to like go outside and, and shoot like the scenery of, of Canada so I showed them I had a friend who was like um, in downtown Toronto so I'm like can you show the CN Tower <laughs> you know that was part of my script too um, which is you know CN Tower in Toronto um, and basically um, it actually was a big hit like People were on board with this project. They sent me the videos. I edited it. And and the storyline also, I had to act out <laughs> the, the characters in the story. Basically, um, long story yeah, short. Yeah, acting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, was, that was, um, yeah. You saw the acting. I, I you, know, like, you don't give me a, a gold medal for, for my acting. There was not only camera operating I had to do, but directing as well. I think oh, there was yeah. a little, a little bit of acting, coaching going along there. Coaching, um, I didn't need coaching. Uh, uh, well, and some One would shot. say it was more than a shot. I think we did a couple, several shots. Yeah, but um, you know, but, but yeah, the yeah. there was the acting. Um, yeah, might have been your first, your debut acting experience yeah. from what I saw. <laughs> yeah, so so basically, like. You know, the storyline was uh, there was an old Canadian man and a, a young Korean woman, girl, who went to visit, traveled to Canada, and she met this old man, and then he showed her around Toronto, Canada, and, you know, they, like, just kind of educate her and just um, told her more about the culture. And so, basically, I was acting the two characters, the young Korean woman and the old man <laughs> and actually it was a lot of fun um, but I don't know I guess I you know sometimes I just laugh a lot and and even I remember I was saying Lily hi my name is Tina and I just that was like five takes right there it, it was it was it was it was it was a fun experience though and we were getting a few looks by passers-by but that, that's okay you know we probably look kind of silly out there I think you had like Different. Did he have like a some kind of outfit or something for the for the different characters? It's I had like, a mustache. Yeah, <laughs> he had a mustache. That's what I was gonna say. There was a mustache. Um, yeah, different 
different things. Yeah, I had a different outfit too. It was just, it was a lot of fun because we we shot, like, actually, I was going to do this myself too, remember? I was going to, like, shoot this myself because it's so embarrassing. Like, I didn't, I was going to do, like, put a camera on the bench or something and shoot it. But then when I told you about the idea, you're like, hey, I can do it. And we actually shot it all in one day. Right. Yeah, the raw the raw footage, the raw footage was was done. And, and, um, it was well, it was it took several hours though, for, <laughs> for how simple it was. One, one let's, day not say, let's not say it was quick. It was it was <laughs> most, most the evening. <laughs> I remember I have footage of like Wes saying, "Kina again, <laughs> like what? How many takes? Well, that's one line." <laughs> and, yeah, yeah I, don't, he, I don't know if you you would have yeah. It was good that you had me instead of Hollywood doing this because it wouldn't have been as nice. <laughs> yeah, but, but it was you, you were filming inside the restaurant, right? Yeah, I yeah we were, inside. we were a little bit. It was but one yeah. of the, it was one of the nicer restaurants in the neighborhood, I would say. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. But but yeah, <laughs> it was a lot of yeah. fun. Um, and 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 the result of it was that everyone, I did show it to every class, and um. Yeah, actually, so it was it was through the live live broadcast, so all the cl- all the students, all the teachers saw it. Oh wow! School. And then um, I also had um, showed it again in class, so I can actually pause and like tr- like tr- teachers can translate. I ask questions, so like that's kind of how we did it. And I actually saw the students' reactions to it. Oh, <laughs> the video that's too. Nice. So they thought it was funny. It was a success. Yes, we did. We did a good I'm, job. I'm glad it, it ended up. You know, um, final production was. Yeah, awesome. and I made sure because um, again, it was like third to sixth grade that I incorporated lines where it was out of a textbook or out of a lesson plans. But right. like fourth grade, it'll be like, my name is, you know, like that was like a, a line that they had to learn, or like, um, how are you, you know? And then fifth and sixth grade, they were learning deductions. So the um, have longer sentences and I incorporate all that into the script and um, yeah it, again it was just it was it was a big hit and um, I'm glad I did that yeah good yeah honestly that was such a, a fun way for us to kind of get to know each other a little bit better and just oh. have a have a <laughs> have a successful project and um, I think it kind of when we even mentioned doing this podcast together, I mean, I remember when we did the, the movie together and I was like, that was fun. You know, it's kind of fun doing a project with you um, culturally, especially. <laughs> and, and so that was for me, that was just like, yeah, it was something that was kind of refreshing and um, just kind of creative. And it was fun. I, I enjoyed being the senior camera operator for sure. Right. <laughs> What's the <laughs> next uh, movie? <laughs> yeah, right. That's, we got we got to make a sequel. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, actually, this time uh, I'll be the director and senior camera operator. Oh, you can be the actor, okay. okay? <laughs> hey, yeah, there you go. Let's talk about USA. You never know. Um, but yeah, yeah, I think we, we may do one another one someday. That's very possible. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, that, that was fun. Um, um, yeah. And I guess... Um, like you know being given our experience in that year of teaching uh what like tips or advice that you have for first-time teachers yeah that's a great great question I mean I think there's just so much to learn being a teacher is one of the hardest jobs in the world honestly there's just so many things that um new teachers will have to pick up on that later becomes automatic, right? For seasoned teachers. So it's kind of like if you're driving a car for the first time and, you know, you're checking 
your blind spots and the speedometer and the, you know, where all the other cars are and how fast you're going. And it just like, it's all these, all these pieces that you have to get used to, uh, before it becomes, um, in sync. Um, so to get started with that, I think for the first thing for me as a more of a planner, um, and routine, a little bit more of a routine person is to expect the unexpected. I know it's like, it sounds cliche, but it's so true. Um, there are so many things going on in a complex, um, environment like a school, um, that we don't, and we don't get to be at the meetings normally. At least I didn't get to be at the meetings of what's going on. I would just hear the very tail end of it. Like, oh, you're, you know, you have to teach your schedules. My schedule probably got changed every single week. Um, classes were canceled every week or reshuffled every single week. So for me, I didn't expect my schedule to actually on that Monday to actually be like it was um, by that Friday, I expected there to be several changes and that made me feel more comfortable. Whereas I was like, even though this is the schedule, it's probably not going to look like this throughout the week. This is just the baseline. Um, There's going to be things happening um, that are outside of what I understand and outside of what I can expect. And that helps me not, be upset about it. That's just the way it is. Mm -hmm. uh, things are very dynamic and communication is hard because there's so many moving pieces. So definitely um, agree with that. Yeah. So just expect it. Don't think it's going to be super stable and predictable. That's not the way it is. And that's okay. That makes it to me, honestly, it made it more fresh. And if a class got canceled or postponed, I could use that time to work for my English camp or, or mm -hmm. work on next week's lesson. So, I mean, there's good things about it too. Um, but yeah, the next thing is to take orientation seriously. Um, there is like, I think it was 30 hours of pre-orientation before we arrived um, that had different video training series that went over different aspects of Korea. And I thought it was really well done and it did help me um, with certain aspects of just adjusting to a Korean school. Um, I think Epic did a great job with that. And then on-site orientation was very intense. Um, we talked about that earlier, but I learned so much about it. Um, I think as since I wasn't trained in, in TESOL, I didn't have a master's degree in that. Um, I'm almost done with that, by the way, now. Um, oh. But I couldn't imagine just showing up without that training. It would have been so much more challenging. And I know a lot of people don't take orientation seriously, uh, but I do think there's a lot of information to be acquired through that. Take careful notes, ask questions. It's sort of almost like a boot camp before the real thing. So, you know, take it seriously. Honestly, this could be the only time these students get to um, exposure to, uh, you know, someone from another country or to learn mm -hmm. English um, in this way. And, mm -hmm. you know, English can change their lives. You know, they may, maybe that your class is the bump they need to um, meet the minimum English requirements for their study abroad experience or to get a job, you know, we never know what impact we have or what foundations we can lay. So I, I just take it really seriously in that um, do the best you can do uh, through by learning through orientation and taking that knowledge. Um, I think another thing is seek out other resources. Um, I used wayguk.com, which had um, actual lessons as for my, for my class, for my textbook. And I didn't, copy paste everything but it gave me a foundation of what i should be trying to achieve in my lessons like do these lessons 
like the structure of the lessons, tips and tricks from seasoned teachers. Um, you know, I knew to take the camp seriously because of those community forums. They said, Hey, this is, this is really important. Do not get ready now because this is very valued by your, by the district's, um, department of education. So it, it's just so helpful to have seasoned, um, teachers giving their advice um, through those community forums. And they also had a place to vent, a place to give compliments. Um, it was just such a useful forum and it was free at the time um, I used it. I, heard, I, heard, I hear now that it requires a subscription fee to download the lessons and stuff like that, but um, totally worth it. Very, very helpful uh, seeking out. I think Facebook has groups that you can join related to teaching in Korea that are useful. Yeah. I don't think they're as good as wigook.com was back in the day, but I haven't really checked it since that much since I came back. Same. Uh, but it was it, without that, I would have been in a much more difficult position with lesson planning, especially, you know, I thought I was going to assist, but then they wanted me to be the lead lesson mm -hmm. developer. So having that as a foundation was really useful. So definitely seek out other resources from other teachers um and colleagues and everything and to get your first few lessons really well done so that you have a nice foundation for the semester you know because that's really going to set the tone for the semester i mean the last tip i have um i guess it, it's more about being flexible in the, in a cultural aspect where and just being ready to adjust quickly um i'd say korea is kind of they say pali pali like they're do it now do it quickly yeah <laughs> and then be willing to adjust. So I just think the diet dynamic nature of Korea is something where you have to be ready for Like you might need some caffeine to keep up, you know, mm -hmm. uh, there are, there are downtimes, but like you just have to be ready to go um, to not fall behind. Um, and if you can do all those things, I think new teachers will, will be in a good place. Um, I just love how fresh everything was. I love the events. I love like the the festivals, the talent shows, the mm -hmm. sports day. I just, for me, just doing the same thing every day with no events would be, would be dreary. So I think even though it's a little bit stressful to have to adjust, um, it's totally worth it because you're in a, such a fresh and fun environment. So. Yeah. So yeah, so those are my tips. How about you, Tina? What are your tips for new teachers? Yeah, great tips, Wes. I agree with everything that you said, um, especially with the orientation. I felt like I got a lot of it since I awesome. had, didn't have any prior teaching experience, really. So um, definitely agree with that. And I also use Waygoops and the website and uh, join Facebook groups for lesson plans and advice and all that too. Um, but in terms of uh, other tips that I have would be um, definitely, I think like it's important to build rapport with your co-teachers, the staff in your school. I think that really determines how your experience, your entire teaching experience will be. Um, do communicate well with them in terms of like lesson planning and teaching the class. Um, I think we did mention it in our past episode about having like a couple of hiccups or like, you know, maybe even just, um, yeah, like just differences in teaching styles and um, language barrier that can make things complicated or like a little more difficult with teaching and, and collaborating together. Uh, but then it's, it's best to, you know, prior to the class to really kind of discuss or, or delegate tasks and, and work together 
um, hopefully that, you know, while one person is teaching, the other person can supervise and really help with classroom management, right? Um, and I think, well, a lot of times, like, for both of us, we had to, like, teach our own, and sometimes maybe the teacher's not there. So definitely be flexible, too. Like, we mentioned about the Korean surprise and cancel classes. That has happened for me as well. You know, sometimes things happen where the teacher has to, for some reason, just step away, and then you're you're on your own, too, right? And, um, yeah, there's a lot of things that could happen, and, and a lot of times you just really have to think on your feet and just have always always good to have like backup um, activities or games you know just in case like this game didn't really work well it just kind of kind of flopped you know so like to kind of have something you know ideas um different things activities in the back of your pocket just in case you need them and um even with like knowing the entire lesson, right? Even if you're not the one teaching the entire lesson and you did a delegated task, you know, if someone's not able to teach that part, you're able to take over. So that was like kind of what I learned with my experiences with my co-teachers and uh, definitely be compassionate with yourself. Uh, don't think take things too personally. <laughs> I think that's like, yeah, it's tough being a teacher. I, I realized like, wow, this is so much. You're not just teaching. You really, I feel like a performer. I feel like a, a motivational speaker, a mentor, you know, like all those things. And it's like when you're in the kind of class, like no matter how you're feeling, like try not to, you know, remember, okay, you're the teacher here. Everyone's looking at you. Gotta, you know, be in the zone and be professional and but also like have fun, right? Like it's it's this all trial and error. And I think that it, it's so nice for us to be able to be teaching, you know, teaching, but teaching English, you know, teach teachers in Korea in a different country, uh, but also have support from like the teachers or just be able to do this. And, and, and I think it's, it can be very frustrating too, right? Because sometimes you're, because of the language barrier, you want to connect with the students, but then sometimes you're just not fully able to understand them or they're not fully able to understand you. And, and that can be frustrating, but to just like not take things personally, just like have fun and um, yeah, do your best and have fun. <laughs> That's my tips. <laughs> Those are some great tips. Uh, yeah, I think the co-teacher, they're kind of the bedrock of success in that they have the skills and the knowledge to make our experiences much more comfortable. Um, mm -hmm. So, you know, not necessarily kissing up, but like trying to oh, um, yeah. have an authentic relationship with them and, and to, um, you know, establish, establish ground rules and everything of mutual respect, but also just having some interest in what they do and paying attention to their quirks and, and their, their teaching style or what they prefer um, overall. And my viewpoint, um, they're the experts in, in teaching. You know, we're mostly there to assist with mm -hmm. some aspects of it. Uh, not in my case, but technically, um, that's what it's supposed to be like. So I think the success comes from them. Um, and yeah, I like how you're saying, uh, don't be compassionate with yourself. Like, honestly, uh, they know we're not experts at teaching. <laughs> so we're just supposed to, um, you know, do the best we can with the training that we had and the, the background that we received, you know, that they desired. So I think honestly, 
they know what they're getting. And as long as um, you make an honest effort, um, it's going to be up to their expectations. You know, they're not recruiting professors that in, in yeah. tussle, right? They're they're yeah. wanting people that are you know relatable, um, authentic, um, not too academic in some in some respects. They do have other English classes with um, trained teachers for that purpose. For us, they're we're want, we're really wanting to get them excited about learning English and mm-hmm. um, yeah. and bring that authentic cultural um, aspect that they can't get. Um, very easily some of them will never ever get to travel to another country so the, really yeah. we're that one we're it you know in that sense yeah. just being there and giving an honest effort and caring about what we're doing will be enough quality um, so yeah I think mm-hmm. that's great yeah yeah and um, so I'm also like wondering Wes you know from their entire like teaching experiences did you have any you know favorite memories you want to share with us any stories yeah there's some really good ones um it's hard to pick um, <laughs> I don't know you. for for me uh my kind of aha teaching moment was when um I found out that these students especially my ninth grade boys students really love competition so um, my beginner class was full of mostly more rebellious students. They were there mostly either they had academic challenges or behavioral challenges. And it was, even though I had like the head teacher, it was still hard to have a, a very productive class. Like we did the best we could, but then I used that knowledge of competition and I created um, several series of, of of academic competition between the different between the class and my favorite was the bell game so they would mm-hmm. face off it was kind of like family feud or if you've seen that or just like yeah um, they get a question and then if they hit the bell first they get to try to answer and they try to get points for their team and um, the winning class i had a couple prizes like candy or k-pop cards and they also got to choose a k-pop music video to play at the end of class so they were all they were all about it um they were so engaged with the lecture and and the the event itself um and when a student got the final question right for his team so they won they were just they were they were ecstatic they were jumping up and down they were i've never seen such like passion for learning English from this group before. And it was just, it was taking um, an aspect that was very prevalent and for middle school boys in Korea, especially of competition and um, fun and then adding English to it and, and just seeing it come to life um, was one of my favorite lessons I ever got to do. So um, yeah, it was, it was just, it was just an awesome thing. And I continued to use competition occasionally in those classes and they always went over well. I didn't want to like overly rely on competition. I didn't want to exhaust them, but whenever I, I found the space to do that, it just had a really good, really good outcome. And then my other one uh, was when I was teaching in the winter and I lost my voice. Like it was like, I could not, it it was from too much talking, I guess. And I was used to it. So I was like barely able to maybe whisper. My voice was scratchy. And um, I didn't know what to do. So my my teachers, weren't they weren't going to teach, obviously, but I couldn't really talk. So uh-huh. they, made, they made a compromise that I could watch movies during the wow. class and make a worksheet and 
you know, once my voice came back, go back to, you know, regular yeah. curriculum. Wow. So, so I, so I found, um, for the, you know, the older girls and the, and the boys, big hero six. Have you seen that movie? Yeah. Great movie. Oh, they, they love that movie. Um, and, and then we had, I had worksheets to help, you know, we follow along. So they were more mm-hmm. focused, but, and then for the, for the younger girls, um, they loved the princess bride with Anne Hathaway. Oh, and it was, it great was, movie. it was their first time seeing it, oh. um, because of, they were like probably just babies when it came out. Mm-hmm. Um, so they, they were all into all the little things about the princess and it was like the first time I really got to have some good moments with the seventh grade girls because that was just a a grade that I just didn't have as much in common with and I didn't know much about um ninth grade girls I I had an easy time but yeah the seventh grade girls so it was just a nice moment to see um them really connect with with um the class and just the amount of laughter and the smiles and it was just kind of like I guess my stories were just like I had these challenging groups and I Mm -hmm. through maybe trial and error just yeah I found some things that connected with them and 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 it kind of just it's like the light bulb you know turned on and and I was able to use that momentum to have more enjoyable classes throughout the semester so like kind of even turn something bad into something good. Yeah. Especially for that second part. So, so yeah, those are kind of mine. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. I like how you like, you know, you, yeah, you're in a situation that you lost your voice. Of course it was not a good situation, but then you made it where it was, you found something that you were able to connect with those students. And um, it was nice. You guys had a bonding some kind of bonding moment (laughs) yeah yeah we sure did how about for you are you (laughs) how about you share a story okay um yeah I do have I have so many good memories um that I had with teaching and the students and um, I did have two um stories and I guess for one of them was basically um for me I I really wanted to be able to connect with the students, right? But of course, language barrier was really hard, especially with lower level students or, or younger students where their English is not that, um, just that well for me for us to have like actual conversations, right? Um, and so then I thought about, I incorporated this in the beginning of every class where I decided to kind of have like an icebreaker um, which I think it, it was helpful whenever I was teaching a class to just, um, yeah, like to kind of connect with them in a different way, but also bring some fun to the class and, and get everyone's attention before we start the lesson. And it's basically, I call it kind of a motivating slash challenging system um, where it was also a way to build participation, encourage participation and build confidence. Um, so like for my third and fourth students, I had this, I created this, um like pie chart thing <laughs> this pie chart has different sections and then you just the student just spins the, the arrow and it will land on a question for students to for students to answer the, the, the question um so for third and fourth grade it's more simple it'll be like uh, how are you today you know <laughs> or like what's the weather like today and then I think that like when they answer the question just like one or two students for every class and then try to get to every student and um, it's a participation so they get a stamp in their 
book and then they have like certain number of stamps they get prized so that's something that my co-teacher has like all my co-teachers all my co-teachers actually have where they have like stamps for participation and then in the end they get a prize if they have like x number of stamps oh, that's um, a great idea that's awesome yeah yeah so then we have that for fifth and sixth grade uh, i made it more a little bit more challenging where i have a bag of questions and then the student will pull out from that bag like they will come to class pull out from a bag a question and um the question is like different types of questions but um uh like like more fun questions <laughs> like like oh um if you could have any superpower what would it be kind of thing right and sometimes they uh, you know try to get them to read it if they can or i'll read it and then they usually they answer in korean which is fine um but then my like my teacher would translate but also it's just like trying to have them to like read it in english the question out loud too and just answer the question and then it just helps me get to know the student a lot better too and they're always like you know excited to like what kind of question do i have to answer today um but also like for my sixth grade class because before, um, after the weekend, I start off teaching in sixth grade in the morning. I usually like to ask them, or even like those like, the classes in, in, on Monday morning, on Monday, I always like to ask them, how was your weekend to start the class? And um, students always love answering this because like a lot of students, they would raise their hand and they, they want to answer. And sometimes they say like one word, they're like nothing. I'm like, okay, that's fine. <laughs> you know, like, just like as long as they participate, I'm like, they're like, oh, like, answer the question and like how was the weekend and then um because usually i'm also exploring on the weekend so i would have something to share too and then i would share what i did on the weekend and at one time i remember i saw a student in uh, busan because i went to busan so i took a picture with that student I'm oh, like, oh my cool. God. <laughs> yeah and then i was like guess what i saw like the student in Busan and sometimes sometimes I would have like a powerpoint and I'll show pictures of me on like my whatever trip I went on and I'm like oh look I saw the student you know so it's kind of funny and I just kind of like share more about my life too I guess so it's kind of like they get to know me a little bit better too yeah that's, that's some great yeah. ideas I think yeah. having icebreakers like that very creative and helps everyone settled into class and learn more about you and yeah yeah there's, there's some great stuff there yeah thanks um and my other uh, other story i have is basically i did create a pen pal system for it was basically for one student and i guess um uh, looking back at like sure i was like oh this is like such a great you know um, how it came, turned out the system and and everything but at the same time looking back i'm like oh man um I don't know. I guess it was, it was part of it where, where basically I had a student in my class. Um, he joined a little later because he just recently came back um, from like a trip, or he just came. He moved back, and basically, um, he he's he's mixed. <laughs> I see it's mixed, and then um, so I I guess for me it was just, as a teacher, I assumed that he. Um, because he didn't look Korean, I assumed that his English was higher level, like his English was probably better than the other students. And then maybe the class was too easy for him. So then here I was like, oh, man, how can I make this class um, 
<laughs> more challenging for the student. So I guess like that was what I was thinking, like maybe I could have assumed, but I mean, it turned out into a good thing anyway. Um, so what happened was uh, basically I decided, okay, maybe I can um, create this pen pal system where I can, we have basically I got a book and I like had wrote to the student, <laughs> wrote to the student, and then I gave it to the student, and then I asked him, oh, like, if you want, you can, like, write back to me, and I'll edit your work, and I'll write back to you, kind of thing, like, kind of back and forth pen pal, right, so I was like, maybe that would help <laughs> with his English, and so, I mean, turns out he, his English is just as, you know, average, or, like, similar to everyone else's in the class, right, um, and then he actually had a friend who, lived in America for a year and his English was really good like I could have actual conversations and he was very fluent in, in with his English um, and he saw that I was doing a pen pal system with that <laughs> that kid so he wanted to be a part of it too so then suddenly I have two students for this pen pal system um, even though the other student he was really busy with um, after school work so it didn't continue for very long but the other student um, we did do for several weeks where like one week I'll give it to him he would give the book back to me oh, that kind that's of cool. yeah so I did that and then um, and then one day I got a call from from his mom what <laughs> So then, like when I when I heard I got the call, he just like, "Oh, Tina, um, the student's mom wants to talk to you," and I'm like, "Oh my god, oh no, <laughs> am I in trouble?" Did I oh, yeah. <laughs> like, you know? That would be scary. Yeah. And I was like, "Oh no, I skipped the beat," and then I'm like, "Okay," went to talk to her, and then she was just like, "Oh, I just want to thank you for like taking care of my son." I'm like, "Oh, okay." Oh, that's <laughs> so I'm like, "That was really nice. Like that was a really nice phone call I had." Um, I even got a chance to meet the mom actually. Oh, really? um, she was just like ran like one day just after school picking him up and I got to meet her and it was nice. Um yeah, it was nice and then it was really nice too because um basically I also um aside from this pen pals uh pen pal system, I also shared one of my favorite books. So basically um, one of my favorite books as a child, it's called Help, I'm Trapped in My Teacher's Body. Oh, huh. <laughs> you should read it, Russ. <laughs> it's a good That's book. interesting. So it's like a really good book. And then I used to like love this book because it's so funny too. And then um, I couldn't find the book online or, or, or of course I couldn't find it in Korea, but I was able to like find it like um online ebook for free and I just kind of printed out chapters of it to share yeah. with the student so then I was like oh just like read this when you can or you know let me know what you think about it um but it was really nice because like um yeah I got to share that with my student and also he like shared a poetry of Korean poetry of his as well and then it was nice too and then in the end um like even though I don't I haven't kept in touch with these two students um but it was nice that like even in the end like he like I, I he gave me a present too and then it was like Korean like poetry book with an English section and and he also got me tea and so it was like really sweet of the students yeah. so it was, like one of That's my nice. favorite memories yeah oh cool yeah <laughs> It's nice that you were able to get to know them a little bit deeper, especially because for elementary students, they're not always able to express themselves as deeply. Yeah. Um, I feel like with middle school, they're at that point where they can't, and you know, they have more um, distinct personalities and their English <laughs> is a little bit more advanced. So I had a, a good group of, you know, 
twenty or thirty students that I met throughout the throughout the weeks that I got to know a little bit better than I expected. So yeah, I'm glad you were able to find that. You, you know, that can be challenging in elementary education for sure. Yeah. Um, so so that's awesome. Yeah. So wow, like uh, we we covered a lot today uh, for our episode, and I think that we're at the end of our episode. And if there's anything else that you want to chat about, Wes, or maybe next time. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, sh I should say some stuff for last time for next time. Um, Oh <laughs> yeah. uh, it's just yeah, overall, I'm just, I'm glad we're able to bring this back and, I know. uh, and before we forgot about it and <laughs> we have it as memoirs, <laughs> uh, even going forward and hopefully Busy we with can, life, um, yeah. we can help some aspiring teachers out there uh, with, with what we've learned. And uh, yeah, it's definitely worth it. Um, I will say that throughout this experience, um, throughout teaching Korea and everything. What I didn't know, it encouraged me to seek knowledge. And I'm
so much, so many episodes Yeah, and, we have. and, um, it's just a great project to work on. So thank you for, um, helping organize this and doing all the, all the editing and hard work, honestly. Um, and, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to doing the next, the next one. So, um, Yeah. I'll take it easy. Okay. Uh, do we have a, do we have an outro or do we, is that, Oh, do we, <laughs> yes, what's the outro? Um, Yeah, I can't remember what our outro was we don't like. really have one. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, well, for now, anyway, that concludes today's episode. Thank you for so much Yes, to our thank listeners. you. Um, Thank you, and listeners. we'll, yeah, we'll see you. Catch See you next next time. time. <laughs> All right, bye. All right. Bye.